welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Somaru. Hey everybody, this week we have another throwback episode of the Health Tech Podcast, and we're going all the way back to episode 111, and that was the story of Unlearn.ai with Charles Fisher. Now, Charles is a computational biologist, or was at Pfizer, a machine learning engineer to Leap Motion, and went on to found Unlearn.ai, which creates digital twins. Um, super interesting episode, this, and we've got a clip where Charles talks about his journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Now, partly he talks about the journey to becoming an entrepreneur, he also talks about, um, well, what is a very relatable story of starting the company and how he actually went from an idea to reality. But one of the, I guess, most interesting things about this is Charles's framework of starting a company. I think it's really popular at the minute. It has been for quite some time now, actually a few years, to be an entrepreneur. It's very popular to want to be an entrepreneur. And you've got this image of you working on a laptop in a cafe or the megalomaniacs amongst you might think about managing hundreds of people and raising hundreds of millions and all this sort of stuff. But ultimately, when you start a company, it should be there to solve a problem. And I think that is with the framework that Charles talks about here, that he didn't start a company just to start a company. What he was was a problem solver. I think this is really relatable actually to people in healthcare, particularly clinicians, because clinicians will often try and solve a problem and they'll have to just do one extra thing in their day job. They've you know got a busy day anyway, but they'll try and solve this problem and take, I don't know, people have had him on my podcast, like uh, Daffid, the founder of Concentric Health, You know, he talks about becoming an accidental entrepreneur because ultimately it's just someone that's trying to solve a problem just like he was. He wanted to solve consent for his patients. And so he ended up doing that digitally and just for himself, just for his patients. And then it turns out that's useful to other people. And then he ends up wrapping a business model around it and selling it. And hey, all of a sudden you've got this thing called a company and you're an entrepreneur. Well, Charles Fisher talks about that too. Even, you know, a computational biologist, a machine learning engineer can think that way too. And Charles is an academic, I think at heart as well. And, and, essentially just found himself needing to start this thing called a company to, in his words, marshal a load of resources in order to solve this problem. He actually described starting the company as a last resort, I think, in this as well. Um, so yeah, this is a, it's a cool story. It's a cool beginning to a story about a few guys sat in a room coding, becoming experts in machine learning technology and figuring out how to actually turn that into a company. And since coming on the podcast, Unlearn.ai has gone on to do incredible things. And you can look at how much money they raised and the customers that they have and the website's absolutely beautiful. So yes, by all means, have a look at unlearn.ai and uh, have a listen to this from what must be a year or so ago, possibly a couple of years ago now that we recorded this. So um, it's becoming interesting, this, the podcast, looking at some of these companies from a few years ago and looking at all that they're doing now. It's a step back in time anyway to, uh, to when Charles came on and told us about this stuff. So yeah, have a listen to this. In terms of you know, a, a pedigree background to become a health tech entrepreneur, you know, biophysics, um, machine learning, computational biology, you've, you've kind of done it all, you know, as, you know, coming from academia as well, then working at Pfizer in a corporate, then working at what sounds like a VR startup. It sounds like you experienced 
you know, all aspects of that kind of the health tech ecosystem relatively quickly. I mean, did you always have an eye on becoming an entrepreneur? Is it something that you thought was always deep inside you that you wanted to solve these problems and build a company? Or was it something that you kind of stumbled upon later down the line and thought, ah, oh, there's a problem I need to solve? How did it sort of come to you being an entrepreneur? Yeah, uh, not at all. I did not set out to be an <laughs> entrepreneur. I, I mean, really not at all. Um, I, uh, um, I'm interested in solving problems. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, to an extent, starting a company is, is out of frustration. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I was working on these problems when I was an academic, you know, and when you're in academia, you write a paper. And, every, and there's no collaboration. There's no collaboration between anybody, right? It's a very competitive environment. You write this paper and then a bunch of people criticize it. And then, <laughs> and then, and then eventually after, you know, like a year and a half, it gets published. And then you have to go around and argue with people, right? Face-to-face argue with people <laughs> and try to convince them that they should like your paper. And it's just a struggle, right? And yeah. the progress is just incredibly, incredibly slow, right? So if you're, I was thinking, you know, you, know, you, you do all this work and then, you know, you don't really change anything. That, that's mm. kind of how I felt about it. And I, that, I found that very frustrating because a lot of what I was, you know, when I look at biology research, right? And this is biology research kind of across the board, uh, not just medicine. Um, you know, the use of technology, the use of computational methods is like 10 to 15 years behind where it could be. Uh, the adoption yeah. is so slow. And, and, and so I, I really felt like frustrated that it was too slow, that it was difficult to, to break into things. Um, then, yeah, I go to a big company, you know, thinking like, oh, well, we could try, you know, this, uh, you know, maybe it'll be better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I think, to an extent, when you think about starting a company, what is kind of what, what, what drew me to it is it's one of really the few ways that you can marshal a lot of resources and a large group of people in a collaborative way to solve a problem, right? And to actually push it out there into the world where you get backing from lots of people who want to see it happen. So it's different. It's, it's different from you know, in a big company where you move very slowly and it's different from academia where it's so competitive that you just are in gridlock. Uh, and I think that's what's really attractive about, you know, startups is that you, you really have that ability to get a team of 15 or 20 people to get backing uh, and to, to really drive uh, a technology solution forward. So that's kind of what, what I think led me to this path is, is I kind of view it as the path of last resort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sound, you sound very, very similar to the way I think about this stuff. You know, you sound very impact driven. You sound like you, you want to make a difference. You don't just want to talk about the problem because it was the same for me, even, you know, even when I was, a, even when I was, a, I was a doctor, you know, it wasn't enough for me to treat the patients when I knew that the system was too slow. We could all treat so many more patients if I just improved the system. And that said, eventually, you know, 10 years, 15 years later, it ended up where I am now. But it started with that. As, as you've just said, it started with a frustration as to why why does it have to be this way? Just because someone says it has to be this way. There, there is another way. There are many other ways. And just like you as well, you know, and when I started looking and speaking to the technology companies and you look, you start looking at other sectors as well, like beyond health that had done all this stuff, you're like, oh my goodness, like, why couldn't, why couldn't we do this? Like we could do all this, surely we could do this. And it seems that, yeah, often you do have to do the learning and create a company in order to try and drive that change, which I think is, 
is incredibly, it, it, it's fascinating to, to learn all that stuff, but it's also really hard, right? Because like me too, you, you, it seems like you didn't have that kind of training or, or told how to run a company or, or, you know, you weren't doing it from the age of five and, and like some people were selling sweets and the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, how, how did you find the early days then sort of starting the company? How did you find the problem that you wanted to solve? And yeah, tell me about going from an idea to reality. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's, it's an interesting um, sort of uh, progression, I guess. So, you know, the early days of the company were, you know, uh, <laughs> me and John and Aaron, right, on our couches, right, <laughs> writing code. Like, <laughs> there was no company, right? The, like, there literally was no company. Yeah. Uh, we were just, you know, uh, working on stuff. Um, uh, essentially, the way that we were thinking about it at the beginning uh, is really just purely from a technology standpoint, right? So um, if you look at where machine learning has been successful, right, over the mm-hmm. last few, over the last even 15 years, there's really only three problems that it's worked for, three classes, right? So one are problems involving images, right? So recognizing objects, yeah. images, things like that. Second one where it's gotten a lot better, it still has a long way to go, is, on, is natural language processing. So understanding yeah. natural language, right? Um, and the third thing is playing video games. Plays video games <laughs> now really well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are real applications, including in medicine, of those three types of, of problems. But yeah. um, there are lots of problems that are not captured by those three things. And the big tech companies don't work on them because they don't care about them, right? They're not, they're not in their, in their purview. So, uh, you know, our way of thinking was, you know, let's start with the kinds of data that we would get and think about instead of trying to take these existing solutions that were built for image recognition or natural language processing or video games for other problems, we would have to build a new solution to try to make use of these kinds of data. And so when you, when you think about what you need to be able to do with health data, the state that it's in, which is that it's much messier than data pretty much that you get Indeed. in any other space, um, you really think about needing new machine learning methods to deal with it. So the early days were, were not so much about uh, a specific application, like in clinical trials or in these other areas. It was more about you know, building a tool set, building machine learning tools that would let us ask questions from clinical data. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, so, we, so we raised a small amount of, of funding uh, from a venture capital firm called DCBC uh, pretty much on close to day one, like uh, maybe like a month or something after we, uh, after we actually formed the company. Wow. And how did, um, just out of interest on that, how did you get that investment then so early on? On, on the back of an idea? Is it, was it, do you think, your, your pedigree as individuals and what you're trying to do? Did your investors buy into that vision? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it ha- you really have to ask them. Uh, to <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Um, they definitely bought into the vision, literally. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's a couple things, right? I think that uh, you have... Uh, oh, so we had code. So that's one thing. Okay. Right? We did have, have software that did stuff yeah. and it did things better. And you could see... like So uh, we right, were going fine. in there with, with, some, with something. Um, but we, we did not have a business plan or anything <laughs> like at all. Yeah. Uh, we were like, here's software. It'll be good for learning from clinical data. Um, <laughs> and that's gotta be useful. Right. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, yeah. And I think the team, you know, we, you know, we all have, you know, uh, pretty strong 
academic backgrounds, you know, everyone, so myself and, and John there and all PhDs uh, in different areas, uh, sort of roughly of physics. So John was doing high energy physics, uh, looking at, you know, uh, Higgs boson kind of experiments at the LHC. Oh, wow. um, and Aaron is actually a pure mathematician, but he was working on some uh, areas of geometry that are related to physics. So uh, we, we all, you know, had these strong academic backgrounds, but we'd also all worked in industry. I think that that's often uh, getting that sort of combination of people who have yeah, uh, have I mean, also that, worked in industry is is something that you're looking for. Yeah, um, I mean, even even the way you're talking about it there, I mean, the the strength of that team is very very good, right? It, it's clear that you guys have have got enough expertise, complementary skills, and the fact that you went in there having already built something, clearly the capacity to actually build something much greater and better if there's fuel added to the fire, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, we'd also worked together at that point for you oh, know, crucial. a, yeah, a exactly. long time, right? So it wasn't like we just met each other. So yeah, we basically spent the next 18 months just building technology. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, we spent mm. 18 months or something building technology. Uh, and we didn't do that, though, in a vacuum. So we had a few different things, problems in the space that we thought this, this kind of machine learning approach might be useful for. Uh, okay. So one of them was what we ended up doing. So looking at really clinical data and thinking about you know applications within clinical trials. Um, another one though was looking more at genomic like data, uh, transcriptomics data. So looking at the expression of different genes measured either by RNA or or by proteins or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just started getting some early partnerships with some pharma companies, try, trying it out on different problems is basically what we did. So we, mm. did, uh, we did some work, uh, early work looking at, at Alzheimer's disease. Um, uh, and uh, that, that actually ended up uh, really going into the direction eventually to, to what we ended up doing. But we also did a, uh, a project looking at uh, RNA sequencing um, with Pfizer that we, we ended up publishing a paper on about... Uh, Paper took a long time to get published, but it just got published a few months ago, maybe like three or four oh, months nice. ago. Um, and uh, and then we did some other work with some smaller uh, biotech companies and various kinds of problems. So we were trying to uh, kind of experiment to see, you know, where would this machine learning technology that we built, where would yeah. it have the most impact? But also you're learning from customers that way, right? Because we're actually working yeah. and partnering with pharma companies along the way and getting feedback about what problems are interesting. So I think that doing it that way, we kind of, you know, we were reading like the lean startup and thinking about being a lean company and iterating and, you know, getting that, you know, uh, build, uh, you know, test loop yeah. as, as uh, you know, as, as tight as we could. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of the way we approached it. Um, we basically did that for like a year, year and a half until we really had, had built a technology where we could demonstrate um, uh, that there was going to be a market for applying these methods within clinical trials. Uh, and that, yeah, that took probably like a, like I said, like a year, year and a half to really get that vision uh, for like mm. the, what the business plan was going to look like. Um, and yeah, then, then since uh, then we kind of sort of threw out all this transcriptomics and we stopped working on all that stuff <laughs> and focus, focus on just this one thing that looked like we, where we could have the biggest impact. What a story. Hey, thank you for listening to that, everybody. Um, 18 months 
building that technology, playing around with it, becoming experts, trying it out, speaking to pharma companies, immersing themselves in that world, becoming absolutely obsessed from the sounds of things by that technology and the applications of it, and then bit by bit getting it done. It's not the old light bulb, raise a hundred million, all of a sudden you're, you're dandy. It's not that story, is it? It's a story of solving a problem bit by bit, learning and grinding away. Um, heck of a story. And as I say, you can go to unlearn.ai and have a look at what Charles and his team are doing. It is incredible, incredible stuff. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, we're going to be back next week with another story of, we'll see you then. Hey everyone, thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.